What's a good setup for recording at home? Hello, welcome to Podwell, the podcast that answers questions about podcasting. I'm Terry Lydon, Vice President of Sales and Marketing at Rivet360, and I'm here to ask our experts your questions. And since I record this podcast from my home, I've actually asked this exact question myself. And who better to answer it than an Emmy award-winning composer, producer, and mastering engineer? Joining us today, we have Andy Matron, who is not only an Emmy winner, but he's also a longtime friend of Rivet. Andy, lots of our clients record their podcasts from home now. And for the people that are recording from home, what type of audio equipment do you recommend? What would you say like are the three most important pieces of audio equipment a podcast host would need? Well, first three that come to mind. One is your microphone. You want a, you want a microphone that's actually going to help serve your purpose. Your audio interface, you want a, a separate audio interface because it gives you other options in listening. And your headphones. Uh, a lot of people, you know, they, they try to record on their, their uh, phone headphones where it has a microphone on the wire. You don't want to do that. It's a very brittle sounding microphone and subconsciously you'll drive your listener away. So you want it, you want as warm and inviting a sound as you can possibly get. Uh, but before any of that stuff, you have to consider where it's going to be. Where is the space you're going to do this podcast in your home? You, it can't just be anywhere. Like you don't want to set up next to your furnace or your sump pump or your dishwasher or your laundry room. Um, all those things make noises. Uh, sometimes you've got noisy duct work. Uh, you want to find the quietest place in your house. So maybe it's a far bedroom. Maybe it's a far utility closet somewhere. It doesn't need to be much bigger than that. You know, people talk about soundproofing a lot, and it's not about what, you, what stays in the room, what you're keeping in the room. It's about what you're keeping out in many cases. So find your space. Um, it doesn't have to be very big. Then you can start setting up your, your rig. Okay. So I've identified my space and let's just say, I mean, I record in my closet. So let's say that the space is the closet. So you had said the three pieces of equipment, let's start with a microphone. So what type of microphone would you advise? There's, there's a, there's a huge range. I mean, and, and like anything, you can spend as much money as you want on a microphone, but you don't have to, but I think you should spend something. There are some like USB microphones that plug directly into your computer and those I found generally don't sound as uh, warm and they don't give you enough control or they, uh, especially what you want to hear back while you're recording. So I, I would shy away from those, even though you could use them and have a fine podcast. What I would suggest is a dynamic microphone. I like the uh, Electro Voice RE20s, which we used at the uh, all the Rivet studios that we worked on together, and I use I'm using right now, and it's a dynamic microphone, so it it doesn't need to be powered by an external source by phantom power. What is phantom power? So there are there are uh, microphones with capsules that are condenser microphones, and those require power from what it's plugged into because there's electronics inside to keep that condenser running, and that's another discussion. We don't some microphones, some different kinds of microphone types. There's there's ribbon microphones, there's dynamic microphones, there's condenser microphones. We're only talking about dynamic microphones. And so they can handle high sound pressure. So if there's unexpected loud sounds, it's not going to kill your microphone. And they all, you can also get them to be unidirectional, which is important because you want a microphone that's going to target 
what it's listening for. Okay, great. So we're able to find a, a good quality microphone and we're in our optimized location in our home. What else you had said headphones? Well, before headphones, I would I would get an audio interface. The ones I've been liking are, are made by a company called Focusrite, and they have a series of them. I think you can get one for about $89. It's one microphone channel in, and it has a separate control for what your program is that you're listening to versus what you're saying. So when you're talking, you know, how, how loud do you want to hear yourself or maybe over the music that you're using for a background, you know, and so you can blend that in. You have more control. If you did have a, a, a different kind of microphone that required phantom power, they always have a phantom power in them. And the reason I'm suggesting this most importantly is because they have better microphone preamps. So microphone, dynamic, audio interface, and then headphones. So for the recording, you recommend that they actually use their headphones during the recording process as well, not just for the editing and, and blending the music and making sure everything, the audio quality is up to par. Yes, I would. And I would suggest a, an over-ear pair of headphones because you're going to be wearing them for a long time. You want them to be comfortable. Some, some people get irritated with things in their ears, earbuds kind of things. But even though earbuds may sound very good, some certain kinds, uh, but don't use a Bluetooth, use a wire because you don't want any delay, especially in an interview. Um, so you want a wired headphone. I'm using a pair of Sony's. They are uh, Sony MDR7506, they're about $100. I've, I've been buying these for a while, but I still have some of the first pairs I've ever bought 30 years ago. Um, so they're going to work for a while and uh, well worth the investment. And you can also, I mean, you can turn them up a little louder and you can really examine what your audio is as it's going in. You might hear something in your voice you wouldn't be aware of if you were listening to in, in earbuds. Maybe something in the lower frequency is happening that you wouldn't have noticed in earbuds, but you can hear them in an over-ear pair of headphones. So I would suggest that as well. So then I know you've designed all of our professional studios for us at Rivet, but for somebody recording at home, do you recommend any type of soundproofing most rooms need some acoustic treatment. If you are in a closet, literally, that's there's clothes touching you on your sides, you probably don't need anything because everything's getting absorbed and nothing's bouncing. And the bouncing is what you don't want. That makes a it makes a room sound really live, and it makes your voice sound further away and less clear. So then you would use acoustic treatments. There's three kinds you need. One is absorption panels, and you can buy them in one foot squares, but make sure they're two inches thick. And then uh, diffusers are different uh, pieces, not necessarily foam, uh, but of any kind of material, but they are things that are not level. They're surfaces that are, are not meant to absorb sound, but deflect it and not deflect it from the direction that it came to deflect it in multiple directions. So it cuts down on that slapping live sound. Third piece of acoustic material is corner traps, which are triangular pieces of foam that are more expensive than they should be but they're really important and you, you put them up in the corner uh, of your room and they help mitigate the bass. Because when you have speakers, and we haven't talked about those yet, but I think you should have speakers because when you're finaling a podcast, which is another, another conversation maybe, but you, you wanna be listening to your speakers and what you're hearing in the room, you want to know that that is really what's on your computer. Because sometimes in some rooms you hear through speakers and then your room will accentuate certain frequencies. Like if there's corners, you know, where the two walls and the ceiling meet, 
base waves go up there and they bounce around and then they bounce back at you and you perceive it as as much louder. The bass frequency is much louder than it actually is. So you might go turn down the bass while you're mixing your podcast. And then when you hear it later, it sounds very tinny and thin because you you were fooled by what you were hearing in your space. So that's why acoustic treatment is important as well. So are there any other tips or any other musts that our at-home podcast hosts need to know? Another thing you could buy is something called an RF detector. And it's just radio frequency. So the way it works is, is you turn the thing on, it's got an antenna, you walk around the room, and if it starts beeping at you, you've got a lot of radio signals. Now, it doesn't mean the whole room is bad. It means walk around till you find a place where it's not as bad, and that's where your audio producing gear and computer should go. If anyone listening has any questions for any of our experts or for Andy, please send me an email to podwell at rivet360.com. And until next time, pod well. I happened to have um, dropped my microphone um, like right before Andy got on. So, you know. <laughs> it was a mic drop moment. It was. It totally yeah. was. <laughs> <laughs>